Go to the book of Zechariah chapter 10. I'm warning you up front. I feel like preaching to somebody. Is there anybody here that came to get a word? You know, I, I love this church. I love us. I, I love this house because when I look across this house, what I actually see is a snapshot of heaven. I see all different races and faces and background and cultures of people. I love that. I love the fact that that we're all in different places in life. Some people are on the mountain high and some people are contending with the valley. Some people are dealing with sickness. Other people are healthy, believing God that that person who's sick is going to be healed. Come on. Some of us, some of us are, are in a victorious time. Some of us are in a time where we're fighting. But the fact of the matter is this is us. Tell your neighbor, this is us. We're children of God. We are bound together by the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And I love the fact that we're deciding now to do life together. And I celebrate everybody in this room. Thank you for being a part of my family. I just love you guys. And I'm excited about our future together. Friday night was unbelievable with men's and women's ministries just here in force. God is doing a new thing. Somebody say, bring it on, Lord. But I'm going to teach today from Zechariah chapter 10. I have a download from heaven. Look at what the prophet says. He said, ask the Lord for rain, watch this now, in the time of the latter rain. Anybody going to ask God for rain? Amen. Rain represents revival, prosperity, healing, deliverance. I'm gonna, I better ask again. Anybody going to ask God for rain? Amen. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. For the idols speak delusion, the, 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 the diviners envision lies and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wind their way like sheep. That means they're lost. They wind their way like sheep. They, they're walking but with no direction. They're in trouble, watch now, because there is no shepherd. He said, my anger is kindled against the shepherds. And I will punish the goat herds, the Lord said. For the Lord of hosts will visit his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them as his royal horse in battle. From him comes the cornerstone. From him comes the tent peg. From him the battle bow. From him every ruler together. They shall be like mighty men who tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. They shall fight because the Lord is with them. Hallelujah. And the riders on the horses shall be put to shame. I will strengthen the house of Judah and I will save the house of Calvary. Glory to God of Joseph and I will bring them back because I, I have mercy on them. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside for I am the Lord their God and I will hear them. Those of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man and their hearts shall rejoice as if with wine. Yes, their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. I will whistle for them. I will whistle for them and gather them, for I will redeem them, and they shall increase as they once increased. How many of you can receive that? That is so powerful. He said, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Push your neighbor and say, I don't mind asking. I don't mind asking. If God wants to pour something new in my life, 
Who can testify? I don't mind asking. Now, I'm going to preach for a few minutes along these lines. Here's the rain chance at Calvary. The rain chance today is 100%. Hallelujah. How many of you ready to get in some precipitation? Come on, desperation precedes precipitation. I said, who's ready for precipitation for the rain? Slip up your hands. Father, I love you today. I love your people. I love your word. And I pray that I'll be led by you and speak what you want spoken in this house. You are so good. You deserve it all. You are worthy of it all. Somebody give the Lord a great big praise. Amen. And you can be seated. He said in this text, the prophet said, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Is there anybody like me? If God is offering rain, you don't mind asking. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to ask God for every good thing that he has for you? Now, let me give you a little background of this powerful text. I love to teach from the minor prophets. Zechariah isn't minor because of what he had to say, but he's a minor prophet because his book was not as big or as in-depth as like a, 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 an Isaiah or, or a, a Jeremiah. So he's called one of the minor prophets because what he wrote was just a little bit smaller. But how many of you know it was just as important as anything else? But Zechariah prophesied in about 518 B.C. He was a younger contemporary of the prophet Haggai. And in his life, God had miraculously delivered the children of Israel, 50,000 Jews, from bondage in Babylon. God literally put his hand in their bondage and set them free. They didn't have an army marshal that came and fought them out. They had no political connection that could negotiate them out. No, 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 Jehovah put his hand in their bondage and supernaturally set them free. They should have stayed in bondage, but the hand of the Lord changed everything and pulled them out of their mess. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that remembers the day when you were in bondage and you couldn't deliver yourself, but he didn't, he, didn't he reach down in your mess and pull you right out of it? I dare somebody to give him praise if that's what he did just for you. He set these people free and he delivered them with a purpose. See, when God delivers you, God delivers you with a destiny. Their destiny was to rebuild the temple, to restore worship in Jerusalem and all throughout Israel because the temple was in ruins and the walls had been torn down. But God sovereignly brought them out with a purpose. And I want to tell you something. If God has brought you out, you've been delivered with a destiny. Destiny. That means God's got a plan for you on the other side of your deliverance. Hallelujah. So he brings them out, and they begin at first with great passion to rebuild the temple. They're all excited about being, seeing the temple of the Lord and the walls around Jerusalem restored, and they're all excited. But then they encounter something called opposition. They begin to see opposition all around them, and because of that opposition, they become indifferent. Hear me in this room. You've got to understand that when God has called you to do something significant and great, you must never be surprised that you will have to deal with opposition. Opposition is par for the course. 
Opposition is all part of it. Don't think you're going to be able to do something mighty for God and not contend with opposition. But when you deal with opposition, it's then you have to have to grasp the reality that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Don't think the devil's going to let you do something big without opposing you. But in this room, you must recognize that you have been made more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. So here they are. They're dealing with opposition, and the opposition is so significant that it causes them to become indifferent. Let me just say that there are some people in this room, you've been dealing with opposition, and it's not because the enemy thinks you're going to fail. The enemy knows that you actually can succeed because if he didn't think you could succeed, he would leave you alone. But his opposition of you tells you that you must be on the right track. Can I get a witness in the house? But what happened was these people were dealing with such fierce opposition that they became indifferent. They finally said, we cannot do it. It's too much. The task is too great. The opposition is too great. And let me just give you a side note here and tell you that you must not allow opposition to make you indifferent. Don't you let the enemy steal from you the purpose that God has for you. Don't you allow the attacks of the enemy and the resistance of the enemy to stop you from becoming and seeing and possessing all that God has for you to become, has for you to see, and has for you to possess. See, someone is, who is indifferent, they are dead to their destiny. In this atmosphere, Zechariah, he comes on the scene to stir the people up and to tell them that even though you're dealing with a mess, God still got a plan. <laughs> Even though everything ain't easy, God still got a plan. Even though you're having to fight, God still got a plan. And here they are 16 years in. There's been little or almost no activity. The people had given up. They've quit. Now, when Zechariah had came in with the 50,000, he was not much more than an infant, maybe even a little boy. And he comes in as this small child, and he had watched and heard of the rebuilding of the temple all his life. But here it is, and it's not being done. So Zechariah rises up to begin to prophesy. He rises up as the voice of the Lord to stir the people to action. Now, isn't it something that when you define the name Zechariah, Zechariah's name means the Lord remembers. Here it is, Zechariah stands up to prophesy to the people. And every time Zechariah spoke, people would hear his voice stirring them to action. And that passionate voice came across that land. And people were saying, who is that talking? Who is that making all that noise? Who is that trying to motivate us to get back to work? And they would say, it's Zechariah. The Lord remembers. The Lord remembers. It's as if Zechariah was prophesying with his very own name the Lord remembers he stood before the Israelites and said you may have forgotten but the Lord remembers you may be indifferent but the Lord remembers he hasn't forgotten why he delivered you he hasn't forgotten why he brought you out he hadn't forgotten that he took you from a mess into a miracle 
He hadn't forgotten the fact that he brought you out of a bondage and into a blessing, out of a hard place and into a holy place. The Lord remembers everything he's done for you, Israel, and you still have a destiny. Tell your neighbor, I still have a destiny. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying I hadn't been through anything. I'm not saying I hadn't had to fight. I'm not saying I ain't had haters. Come on, play a haters. Can I get a witness in the house? I'm not saying I hadn't had to deal with the drama, but I've still got a destiny. God is still on my side. The Lord remembers, and I would say to you today, listen to me, young person, the Lord remembers. He remembers my sister, what he brought you out of. He remembers the long days and the lonely nights. He remembers the hell that you used to be in. He remembers how many times the enemy thought he had you and would destroy you. He remembers what he called you out of. He remembers even if you forgot. He remembers where you used to be. He remembers how bad it was. I wish I could talk to real people. He remembers when you were in depression. He remembers the doubt. He remembers the fear. He remembers the bondage. And he said, I reached down in that. And when you could not deliver yourself, didn't I pick you up and didn't I bring you out and didn't I make a way right out of nowhere? Even if you forgot, the Lord remembers. So here I am standing up for you like a young, young, come on, young, Zachariah. And I'm saying to you, the Lord remembers. I'm saying to you, the Lord remembers your children. The Lord remembers every promise he made to you. It may have been 20 years ago, but the Lord remembers. It may have been three marriages ago or four. Come on, somebody. But the Lord remembers. It may have been a drug addiction ago, but the Lord remembers. It may have been three abortions ago. Can I talk to real people? But the Lord remembers. It may have been a moral failure ago, but the Lord remembers. It may have been a nervous breakdown ago, but the Lord remembers. I dare somebody right now who's glad for a God that remembers. Give Give him praise in the room. Oh, who am I talking to? Can I declare this? The Lord remembers every promise spoken over your life. Everything that went into the atmosphere concerning you, the Lord remembers. He remembers your children. He remembers your purpose. He remembers your destiny. He remembers your son. He remembers your daughter. He remembers what he brought you out of. Don't let the devil trip you out. The Lord God remembers. Tell your neighbor the Lord remembers. Yeah, I wouldn't even be here today had it not remembered. I would have quit a long time ago, but the Lord remembers every promise ever spoken over my life. The psalmist believed it so much that the psalmist declared this, the Lord has remembered us and he will bless us. Who feels like prophesying to your neighbor? Come on, do I have any faith folk in the back? I said, who feels like prophesying to your neighbor? Who who wants to declare this to your neighbor? Look at your neighbor. Look at me right in the eye. If they won't look you in the eye, then look them in the ear hole. Come on, somebody. But just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord has remembered us and he will bless us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I need somebody that believes it to give God a praise right now. I'm somebody Zachariah today. I'm somebody, I'm some mother Zachariah. I'm some father Zachariah. I'm some businessman Zachariah to tell you that the Lord remembers. I hear Zechariah is in our text. The Lord raises him up to steer the people back to their purpose. And he says something in Zechariah 10.1 that is wonderful and perplexing to me all at the same time because I believe what the Bible says. I mean, I, I, how many of y'all actually believe what the Bible says? I believe what the Bible says. So, so the text is wonderful and perplexing all at the same time because here's what Zechariah said. He said, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Now I'm scratching my head because to my mind that wants to figure everything out, it almost is challenging to proceed. And I find myself saying, Lord, does that make sense? Why are you gonna ask God for rain when it's already raining. See, y'all are smarter than me. You got it figured out. It seems like to me you'd be walking outside and it's pouring, in rain, pouring down rain and you shout out to heaven and say, I sure wish it would rain. But what I want you to see is the deeper truth in this text. There are seasons and times of visitation. There are seasons and times of refreshing. The Bible said that come from the presence of the Lord. But the only ones that will benefit and be blessed by it are the ones who are willing to ask. See, in the spiritual sense, you don't get wet just because it's raining. Two people can be in the same service, and one is under a deluge while the other one is in a desert. One is in a deluge while the other is in a drought. You know why? Because here's the truth. You have to put a demand on God. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. You don't get wet just because it's raining. There's people on your road that can get soaking wet, but you can be bone dry. You have to put a demand on God. See, it's time to let God know through your actions that you want the rain, you need the rain, and you will not be satisfied without the rain. Is there anybody that can decree that today? I want the rain, I need the rain, and I will not be satisfied without the rain. Can you say that? Say, I want the rain, I need the rain, and I will not be satisfied without the rain. I don't know about the person behind me. I don't know about the person in front of me. I'm not even completely sure about the person right beside me. But right now, this man, this woman, is going to put a demand on God and say, God, if it's raining, don't go down the road, don't go down the street. Let it rain right here. I'm showing you through my actions that I want the rain. Amen? Amen? You must put yourself in position then to receive what God is doing. It doesn't matter what God is doing if you're not in position to receive it. Well, that was better than you know. In Zechariah's day, God delivered the people from slavery 
in order to use them and bless them, but neither thing was happening. They weren't being used, nor were they being blessed because they were in a right place with a wrong attitude. Oh, preach Pastor Rayleigh. How many of you understand that you can be in a right place with a wrong attitude and this is a good thing? Attitude has a lot to do with positioning because in the spiritual sense, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude has a lot to do with your position and your attitude actually betters your position. Can I say that again? I said your attitude actually betters your position because you can sit in a place and in a moment where God is visiting his people and sending them rain and God is pouring out his latter rain but you can sit there with a stinky attitude that says, I don't like this song, I don't like this preaching, I don't like this music, I don't like this, let's go eat. If pastor preaches any longer, River Bend is gonna beat us to the Cracker Barrel. Please hurry, y'all ain't saying nothing. Hope is gonna get to Hampton's Fried Chicken before we do. I wish I could talk to real people. I wish pastor would hurry it up. Let's eat. I don't like the song anyway. You don't come. We won't move. We're desperate, Lord, for a touch from you. If you okay, we understand. Can't we just sit down? My Lord, have mercy. See, the truth is, it doesn't matter how good the singing is. It doesn't matter how anointed the preaching is. It doesn't matter how profound the word of the Lord is. If you have a stinky attitude, you're gonna miss what God has for you. See, here's the truth. Somebody on your row needs an attitude adjustment right now. Somebody said, yes, sir, look and see if you can figure out who it is. Yes, it is her. She needs it. She's got a, yes, it is absolutely him. Somebody needs an attitude adjustment that is there. Anybody in the room that is not going to miss what God is about to do because your attitude was in the wrong place, make a little noise if that's you. See, you will miss out on the latter reign of God if you're in the right place with the wrong attitude. Hallelujah. How many of you can say, God, give me a right attitude? Can I get a witness in this house? I said, how many of you can say, God, give me a right attitude? Glory be to God. Now, look at what our text says. It says, therefore, the people wind their way like sheep wind. What does that mean? It means that they don't have a destination. That means they're here, they're there. They're here, they're there. They're here again, and they're there again. Where's the real folk at? Have you ever felt like, didn't I just see this? Wasn't I just here? Wasn't I just here? And you just feel like you're winding without a destination. And he says they are in trouble. Check it out. Because they have no shepherd. There is no shepherd. And then he says something so intense in verse 3. He said, my anger is kindled against the shepherd. That, brother, that is intense. As a shepherd, that is an intense pronunciation to hear or a pronouncement to hear from the Lord. See, shepherds in a spiritual sense are pastors and leaders, those in the five-fold ministry tasked with leading the flock, the people in the church. And the Bible talks about good shepherds. Come on. 
The Lord is my shepherd. How many of you know the ultimate shepherd is the Lord? Jesus is called the good shepherd. And there are characteristics of a good shepherd. The characteristics of a good shepherd are this. They care for the sheep. That they seek out what is best for the sheep. That they lay down their lives for the sheep. They motivate the sheep towards revival. They motivate the sheep towards the things of God. But then if there's characteristics of a good shepherd, there must must be characteristics of a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd, here's what they do. They use the sheep. Come on. They, they, they prey on the sheep. Instead of P-R-A-Y, praying for the sheep, they are P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, praying on the sheep. Where y'all at? A, a bad shepherd is territorial. They're all about building their kingdom. A bad shepherd will walk in lies. A bad shepherd deceives the sheep. The bad shepherd doesn't care for the sheep. The bad shepherd will actually magnify sin by telling people what they want to hear rather than telling people what they need to hear. A bad shepherd is a hireling. Come on, somebody. A bad shepherd can be bought and sold, but may no, make no mistake about it. God told Zechariah, I'm going to deal with the shepherds. I know this is not popular preaching, and just hang on. I'll be done in a few minutes from this part, but I want to tell you, God is going to deal with the shepherds in the last days. God is going to deal with preachers that won't preach. God is going to deal with preachers that don't declare righteousness and preach on sin and redemption and the blood of Jesus Christ. The good shepherd will contend with the bad shepherds. God in America, give us some good shepherds. Give us some shepherds that are not in bondage or afraid of their people. Give us some shepherds who are not worried about what people think but they are constrained by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ I want to tell you I love you and I fry, I love fried chicken but the truth is God has not called me just to sit around and eat fried chicken with you God did not send me here all the time to pat everybody on the back and say, I'm okay, you're okay, it's okay. You're in sin, but it's okay. You jacked up, but it's okay. You're in bondage, but it's okay. You're in a pit, but it's okay. You, you, you're, in a, you, you, you're in the wrong life, but it's okay. You're bound by sexual sin, but it's okay. You're living crazy, but it's okay. You're gossiping, but it's okay. It, it's okay. You're okay, I'm okay, it's okay. Let me tell you something. God didn't call me to do that. God sent me here in his divine plan in moments to call you higher, to push on you, to press on you, to challenge you, to equip you, to train you up, to empower you, to be able to march into the devil's kitchen and take back everything he stole from you. And if once in a while I have to aggravate you, that's okay. If once in a while I have to receive a nasty email, I got one last night. But the delete button is a beautiful thing. Can I get a witness in the house? That's okay. It's not my job to be popular. It's my job to raise up overcomers. That's all right with me. If you get upset with me once in a while, that's all right with me. I'm okay with that because the truth is I'm calling you into a latter rain revival. I'm calling you into a new season and a new dimension. And that means sometimes you got to be uncomfortable. That means sometimes you got to have your toes stepped on. Preach, Pastor Rayleigh, because I'm trying to grow you up. And growth means change. 
and change means transformation. And you can't have transformation without getting uncomfortable. So there are some of you that come to this church not because I'm a white man or a black man, but because I'm a, or a Spanish man or a assembly of God or church of God or Kojic or AME. You walked up in here because you know that you got somebody that will stand up and preach the truth. Tell your neighbor, I came for the bread. I came for the word. I came to hear a word that will get me out of my complacency and pull me into my destiny. Yeah. You call 911, you don't care what EMT looks like. I'm, I'm about to preach. You don't care if he's black, Spanish, white, Chinese, Japanese, come on. You, you don't care what he looks like. You're just saying, make me better. Make me better. Make my family better. Somebody better give God a praise right now. You know I love you. You know I love you. But if my preaching and teaching never challenges you, then I'm wasting my breath and you're wasting your time. Bring that up. I said if my preaching and teaching never challenges you, then I'm wasting my breath and you're wasting your time. But how many of you love me enough and know that I love you enough that you'll receive the word even if it makes you uncomfortable? Make a little noise. I gotta lead you to revival. I gotta lead you to restoration. Don't miss it. Now, we're in a season of rain. Prophesying. I said we're in a season of rain. Somebody declare that in faith over yourself. Put your hand on your chest and say, I'm in a season of rain. Yeah, yeah. And here's what I believe. I believe it's time for divine prosperity. And I got 12 people. That means that God, pr pr prosperity is money, but it's more than money. It's, it's more than enough of everything, more than enough joy, peace, victory, power, and resources. How many of you are ready for a season of divine prosperity? Okay, it, there, there's a divine prosperity. We're in that season of revival. And there's a shift taking place in Jesus' name, not just any shift, but a divine shift. Somebody say a divine shift. And a major piece of the puzzle in prophetic ministry is knowing where we are in the spirit so we can position ourselves for what's coming. We got to know where we are <laughs> so we can be in position for what's coming. Now, how many of y'all know anything about hurricanes? Where's the Florida folk at? Wave at me if you know about hurricanes. Hurricane Irma. That heifer. Come on, somebody. She messed me all up. I can't stand Irma. I'm still trying to put my house together over Irma. That happened. But here's the deal. We are familiar with hurricanes, and we watch the news so we can find out the track of the storm because we want to get out of the way of it when we know it's coming. Unless you're stupid like me, and you stay, even living on the river. Come on, somebody. But, but we watch the forecast because we want to get out of the way of what's coming. My, 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 can I preach a little bit? See, God is giving us advance notification to prepare us for the coming latter rain of revival.
not so that we can get out of the way of it, so that we will be directly in the path of what God is getting ready to do. Oh my, is there anybody, if hurricane revival is coming in the spirit realm, make a little noise if you wanna get right in the path. Come on, if it's raining, let it rain on me. If there's healing, let me get healed. If there's deliverance, let me get delivered. If there's power, let me get fresh power. If there's a new season, let me step out of this season and step into a new season. Somebody give God praise if you're ready. So what, what does that mean? That means we gotta get some stuff out of the way. That means we gotta move that bad attitude out of the way. Come on, anything that gets between us and the rain, move that anger out of the way, preach Pastor Rayleigh. Move self-pity out of the way. It's time for you to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Some of y'all wanna stand and shout, but the person that's doing it is sitting right next to you. Come on, I can't do it, I just can't make it. I'm just not able. The devil is a liar. You can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. Let the jealousy go, let lust go, let depression, stubbornness, deception, pride, rebellion, wrong relationships, gossiping. See, see here's the deal. The Bible didn't stop with dealing with the shepherds. Oh no. See, see here, the prophet goes on to say, and I will punish the goat herd. The goats. He said, I'm not only gonna deal with the shepherds, I'm gonna deal with the goats. Now where are the shouting people? Oh, you were shouting, get them shepherds. You kill every, every, get them shepherds, God, struck them dead, God, get them shepherds. Oh, you get them shepherds, God, me. You gotta get them, God, get the shepherds. And when we start talking about the goats, you all quiet. I wish he would hurry up, don't he know? See, God's gonna deal with the goats. He said, I will punish the goat herds. You need to, you, you, see, you can correct goat sheep, but you can't correct the goat because a goat knows it all. And let me just say this one side note, we're not gonna have any goat groups. There are no goat groups. If you think your group is gonna become the goat group, you got the wrong idea, baby. Because here's the fact, I love sheep, and I believe God can change a goat. But if you stay a goat long enough, I will throw a barbecue and goat will be on the menu. Can I get a witness? I'm not letting anybody split this church. I'm not letting any weapon that a goat would bring in against us, it will not prosper. We are not having goat groups. We are going to be unified, sanctified, glorified, edified, built up, taken to the next level. <laughs> see, see, some of y'all need to understand that it's time to let the goats go. Sheep say bye, right? Bye. What do goats say? Nah. Nah. When somebody tries to get you in a goat group, you just need to say, nah. Nah. See, see, here's the truth. I was studying about the difference between sheep and goat. Sheep can be led. Goats are obstinate. See, mm. I was studying, and, and I read a, 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 about a, a goat herder who said that he couldn't even put his goat in the barn with a horse because the goat would eat the horse's tail. 
and I was studying this and it came alive in me that sheep, see, sheep have to be protected from their environment, but the environment has to be protected from a goat. You gotta protect the sheep, but you gotta protect the environment from a goat. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing in the house. Where are the pastors that have the guts enough to stand up and protect the environment of the flock and say every nasty thing is not gonna be okay in this house. You're gonna hear the word of the Lord. Are there any sheep in the house who can say, give me some instruction? It's time to let the goats go and connect with those who want a latter rain revival. Here's what I decree. Somebody raise your hands and receive it. In 2018, God will connect you with people who want to walk in a latter rain outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Somebody give God praise for right relationships in this next season. And here's what the Lord said. He said, I will whistle for them and gather them for I will redeem them and they shall increase. Now, how many, anybody know how to whistle real loud? Let me hear a loud whistler. I'm gonna hear. See, now you was waiting on your chance, my Lord. When I grew up, my dad could whistle so loud. See, we grew up with nothing. We had to make our own fun. And my dad grew up with less than I did. So he was always, he could blow on his hands and make noises and make all kind of stuff. But he just, yeah. And he whistled so loud that I could be anywhere in the neighborhood and I would hear that whistle. And even my friends would say, Jim, there is your dad. There's your dad. You better go. There's your dad. Your dad is whistling. And the Bible said, okay, we whistled enough. Let the whistles go. That's enough whistling. Come on. But he said, I will whistle for them and, 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 and they will come. I will gather them for I will redeem them and they shall increase. Okay, whistle one more time. Okay, that's what I hear in the spirit. God is whistling because he's looking for a people to bless. Is there anybody that said, God, if you're whistling, I'm coming. One, two, three, make a little noise in the house. Tell your neighbor the rain will increase us. Yeah, yeah, the rain will increase us. The rain brings abundance. That means where there is revival, there is provision. Where there is rain, there is power. Where there is rain, there is healing. Where there is rain, there is outpouring. Where there is rain, there is joy. Where there is rain, there is victory. Where there is rain, there is more than enough. Is there anybody ready to ask God for the rain of abundance? I gotta close, but. He said, I will give you regular crops, Leviticus, and the land will yield bumper crops. Somebody shout bumper crops. Regular crops and bumper crops. And the trees will be loaded with fruit after the normal time. And the grapes will still be ripening. Come on. When sowing time comes again, watch this. You shall eat your field and live safely in the land. He said, I'm gonna send the rain and you're gonna have regular rains and you're gonna have bumper crops and your trees will be loaded with fruit long after the normal time and your money will go further. 
and you won't live paycheck to paycheck, I cannot talk to real people. And you won't just survive, and you won't just barely make it, and you won't just get up with enough strength to make it through the day, but in the name of Jesus, your trees are gonna be loaded with fruit. You're gonna have more than enough grapes will still be ripening after the sowing time comes again, and you shall eat your fill. I don't know if you can handle that, but I claim it. Somebody give God praise if you claim it. It says trees will be loaded with fruit long after the normal time. Somebody say normal. The good thing about you and me, we ain't never been normal. I, I know that's bad English, but y'all bear with me. We ain't never been normal. We haven't ever been normal. But how many of you can tell your neighbor, I ain't never been normal? Come on. I, I, I never been, I'm not starting today. You know what normal means? If you define normal, it means approximately average. It means about average. Is there anybody that wants more than a just about average life? Make a little noise if you're ready to be supernatural. Come, I can't hear you. I said, make a little noise. I said, I can't hear you. Make a little noise if you want to be supernaturally above average. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, hold my hand. Because I want you to know what above average feels like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want you to know what more than a conqueror feels like. I want you to know what the head and not the tail feels like. I want you to know what above and not beneath feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody ready for rain? Stand on your feet and give God a shout if you're ready for rain. I remember when I was a boy and I used to play ball in high school, be standing out there on the field and you would see the clouds, but there wasn't any rain. But have you ever smelt the rain? Have you ever smelt it before you saw it? Touch your neighbor and say, I smell the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't seen it yet, but I smell the rain. I see the clouds, I smell the rain. God is about to do something. God is about to birth a thing. God is about to high-five three people and say, I smell the rain. High-five somebody and say, I smell the rain. Jesus, Jesus. Now the prophet said, ask for rain in the time of the rain. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody here is like me. I don't mind asking. Tell your neighbor, I don't mind asking. I don't mind asking him to save my son. I don't mind asking him to make a way out of no way. I don't mind asking him to heal my body. Somebody give him praise if you don't mind asking. Oh, Lordy. The Lord said, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Hear me in this room. I hear a prophetic word in my spirit. 
the rain chances are amazing. The rain chance is 100%. Who's ready for rain? I said, who's ready for rain? I said, who's ready for rain? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can just stand there. But I'm about to give God some praise because the chances for rain in my life is a hundred percent. One, two, three, give God a praise. Y'all remember a while back, it got dry again. Several years ago, they were talking about fires again. And they said, if we don't get some rain, it's gonna be terrible fires, like it was about 18, 19 years ago. And we had just, we had just brought Peyton into the family. And Peyton didn't even really know how to pray then. When he was just a little boy, he, he would pray and he would get to the end of his prayer and he would say, in the name of Jesus, the end. <laughs> Didn't even know how to say amen. But here he was in our house and we were talking about the rain and how bad we needed the rain. And we were declaring the rain was gonna come down. Well, back then his sister brought him to school. So Courtney and Channing are bringing him to school and Peyton is just five years old and he steps out of the car and he has a stick in his hand and he raised up that stick and back then he talked like this. His name was Peyton Whaley. Come on, over hill, over there. <laughs> and he got out with that stick and this little guy, he raised that stick up and he said, Wayne! Wayne, come down! now and he hit that stick on the ground and Courtney they all just laughed but you know what happened that afternoon Wayne came down now some of y'all need to get a Wayne come down now but here's the problem it starts raining and some of you are like, oh my God, I don't want that. I ain't gonna act like him. I'm not gonna shout like her. It doesn't take all that. Put you, you wanna come over here and get underneath this with me? You don't want that craziness. Oh, are they worshiping like that? Don't they know that the clock is up? Don't they know it's time to get out of here? Don't they know I'm hungry up in here? It don't take all that shouting. How many times are you gonna have us make a little noise in the house? How about, oh Lord, he's on my last nerve. How many times are you gonna have me shout? I know he's a preacher, I know he's man, John, John, he sings low, he sings high. He sounds like a man, he sounds like a woman, I don't know. I don't understand it. My Lord, it don't take all that. I'm not sitting by you ever again. You have swung your weave in my, and you sitting there dry and your children are jacked up and you are struggling and you are messed up and you wonder why you are like you are. But let me tell you, it's time to ask for rain in the time of rain and say, God, if it's raining, let me take my umbrella down and let me get in position and Lord, send the rain. Somebody give God a shout. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, 
Say rain, come down. Now, rain on my children, rain in my marriage, rain over my family, rain in my house, rain, come down. I'm gonna wait on you to praise him. I'm gonna wait on you to praise him. I'm gonna wait on you to praise him. I'm gonna wait on you to lift him up. We are in a moment right now. We are in a moment right now. Come on and magnify him. Come on, clap like he's real. Come on, shout like he'll make a way. Come on, give him praise. Clap like it's coming to your life. Clap like it's a new season. Clap, give God a praise. If you don't come, we won't move. We're desperate, Lord, for a church from you. If you don't come, we won't move. We're desperate, Lord, for a touch from you. If you don't come, we won't move. We're desperate, Lord, for a touch. Sing it, John. If you don't on you for too long. 
But the Lord said, while you're spinning, stuff is going to fly off of you. Your past is going to fly off of you. Are you ready? Spin with me. Say it. Here we go. Sing. That's okay, mother. You just get blessed right there. You just get blessed. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you raise your hands and let it flow? Somebody's being healed right now. Oh, somebody's in the rain right now. Let it rain, let it rain. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let it rise. Let the rain of the Lord fall among us. Let the rain of the Lord fall Let the rain of the Lord 
let's say that again. Let the rain, let the rain of the Lord of the rain. Say, let it fall, let it fall. Come on, don't move out of the way. Get right in the middle of it. Let it fall, let it fall. I want everybody to reach over and touch somebody on the shoulder. Everybody touching somebody. You know, I was teaching a while back about famine. And what I read and study about in the Bible is that the prophets of God never really, they never really address the famine. They only address the drought. 
because they knew once the drought was over, the famine was going to be took care of. I came to tell somebody today the drought is over in your life and this famine is going to be broken because the drought is over. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said it's a new season of divine prosperity, supernatural revival and rain. We got to do this together. This is why it's urgent that we have relationships in this house. This is why we're doing small groups because we're going deeper. Courtney, we're going higher so we can go deeper. Our praise is going to go higher in this next season so our worship can go deeper. Our relationships are going to go higher so our effectiveness in our community can go deeper. These people that are going to join small groups with you are going to grow together. It's going to be a mighty time. You can still sign up in the back. First Wednesday, Revival Wednesday in March, Bishop Kevin Wallace is going to bring a revival word. That's what I see. I hear that in my spirit. Revival. Who's ready for revival? Not just a good service, but perpetual, continual, 100% chance of rain. I want you to hold that neighbor's shoulders. Let me say this to you. I love you so much. Next week, don't miss because I'm going to be preaching to you from Israel. It's going to be amazing. So you don't want to miss it. I want you to stop by in the back. If you haven't joined the group, join the group. If you're visiting with me and I haven't met you, come and shake an old sweaty preacher's hand. I would love to get to know you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Pastor Josh, pray with us. The book of Genesis declares that God was trying to send rain but couldn't send rain because he couldn't find a man. I believe that God has found some men and found some women in this place today who understand that God is a rain giver, but you are a rain maker. So Father, in this place, bring the rain. On our lives, bring the rain. On our children, bring the rain. God, we pray, Lord, that this place would be more than a church and we would be more than people. Lord, we pray that we would become rainmakers. God, I pray pour it out like never before. Pour it out, God, until we move into overflow in every area of our lives. Make us rainmakers at work. Make us rainmakers at home. God, we thank you for the 100% chance of rain in Jesus' name. Somebody who believes it, shout amen. God bless you. Make sure you sign up for a small group on your way out. We love you so much, and we will see you next week. Ladies, if you want to purchase your I Am An Answer bracelet, you can do that in the back as well. God bless you.